to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel perfect. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my feet. share one or two things that um, I want to talk to you about and from the book of Genesis chapter 5 Oh brother kila fronde le kila haskila gronde le kila We praise you wonderful Lord We glorify your name We glorify your name Ah amen Genesis chapter 5 verse 1 This is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created man he made him in his image in him in the in the likeness of God he created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created and Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness He was ready for marriage after living for 130 years. I was talking to someone yesterday and I was telling them what are your plans? What do you want to specialize in? Then they were like, "No, first I want to start a family." And I'm like, "You are even a teenager and you are ready for a family." <laughs> But that's a good idea. But your friend was 130 years when they did the chilangamulo for him. <laughs> so Just so that I highlight that part. And Adam, uh, uh, verse four, after he begot Seth, the day of Adam, the days of Adam were eight hundred years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. Seth lived one hundred and five years and begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived eight hundred and seven years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were nine hundred and twelve years. And he died. Enosh lived ninety years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived eight hundred and fifteen years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were nine hundred and five years, and he died. Canaan lived seventy years and begot Mahalaleel. After he begot Mahalaleel, Canaan lived eight hundred and forty years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were nine hundred and ten years, and he died. Mahalaleel lived 65 years and begot Jared. After he begot Jared, Mahalaleel lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalaleel were 895 years and he died. 
Um, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. Jared. <laughs> okay. Just. Guess there's someone named Jared here. It's not mandatory that your child's name should be called Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. I was just imagining the story of Enoch must have been very special. You know, at this moment where I was driving and I had some sort of thought where you travel back in the past and you don't know which time time zone you are in. Then you just see people sitting under a tree on a farm and there are candles and there's a painting. Looks like they're some kind of in the stone age. But there are people and they're all saying it's been three years and we've not seen him. Maybe it's true what he used to tell us. That he walked right into eternity. Another person says he was a great man. And another one says we had a God living among us. Then you're asking, who are they talking about? And you realize it's Enoch. Because all they are doing is now burying a picture. They never found the body. <laughs> he told them, I'll just walk into glory. And Enoch experienced um, a translation because God took him. Now this body belongs to the earth. And this body cannot sustain you necessarily in heaven with the dimensions of glory that are there. So what happens is that people experience, if you are going to be raptured for those who are going to go for the option of being raptured rather than dying, what's going to happen is that your body will be translated. It's, it will be your same body, but it will have a glory. That is the one that Jesus Christ had when he resurrected. It was the same body, but it did not depend on blood. You can touch it. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. This is because the blood is what spells the life of a human being. Because the fullness of the DNA of a human being can be found in blood. And the cells there describe how you breathe. The, the blood there describes a lot of things. Your blood has a lot of information. And the life that we have, which is biological, is supported by the blood, basically, because without it you can't breathe. When you breathe, the white, the red blood cells get the oxygen, and then they send it to different parts of the body for different metabolic processes that are important for everyday living. Uh, medical practitioners, I believe I'm not very far from the truth. 
And so we depend on blood. This is why even when Satanists are demanding blood, the life of a person is in their blood. Okay? But Jesus now reached a place. Because remember, his blood was shed. So he had no more blood in his body. So his life was not dependent on biological processes that happen in a human being. That's a kind of life. But that life is a translated life. And as we go on, I'll show you some things. I'll I'll, I'll show you how in this world, we constantly have four tests of that life. I'll show you. But then what I want to show you basically is, uh, what I wanted to say is that Enoch was translated into that life so that he can have a heavenly body that he can use to live in heaven. Um, But then the very next verse tells us, Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. After he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. And he died. And we know that this was, a, this was the oldest man who ever lived. Because he was also a sign. There was a prophecy about him. That in the day that he would die, the earth would be destroyed. So you were using him to watch <laughs> where the earth is going. The point I make is that if you want anything that comes out of you to last, it must be a product of your intimacy with God. Because the father of the oldest man walked with God. I don't know if you've gotten that point. The only thing I wanted to show you from this scripture is Whatever you are going to do, if it's going to be durable and it's going to be sustained and it's going to be of impact, it has to be a result of your intimacy with God. This man, you know, a firstborn, normally is called someone's strength. That's someone's first fruit. That is supposed to be someone's best. Now, everybody's child never reached 969. But this one, who walked with God, it could show by his son. No wonder he could live 969 years old because of what gave birth to him. And he was the oldest man who ever existed. 969 years old. So, there's nothing that is ever born out of your intimacy with God that can be killed. Every intercourse, every relation gives birth to something. Every association gives birth to something. And the quality of that something is a testimony of the type of friendship or association that existed by the two who brought it into being. You can write it the way you understand it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Even between husband and wife, when we look at each other, we should be able to say, 
what has our relationship brought? And it's not just a son, what kind of son it will show. One way in which we experience intimacy with God and amazing things are born is when we are worshiping God. So it's not just an issue of singing a nice song. So when I was when we were singing and I was giving these ladies to sing, all these amazing thoughts were going on in my mind. Because every time we experience, there are some thoughts that have entered into me as I'm worshiping God. Books that have come out of me. Ideas that have come out of me. Durable stuff in a moment of intimacy and enjoying the presence of God. Then something, boom, hits me. And it's still, many things are still standing up to today. Those things cannot be pulled down. That prayer you pray in that moment of intimacy will shake hell and move earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Laboring for God, working together with God. So you should pay attention to those things. But if your labor is coming out of intimacy with God, listen, already what I said just now, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you an indirect challenge to go back and look at your life. What has my intimacy with God produced? Some of you just don't know the things that it has produced. It's not that it doesn't produce anything. But it's just the length to which you have pursued God. That determines what is going to come out of you. In your personal time, what happens between you and God? Are you always asking for things? Just, just pimping. <laughs> By the way, you don't decree and declare that someone should be yours in Jesus' name. You don't. Ah, some people are learning today. <laughs> Father, Edward, so you don't. I decree and declare he will like me. The moment he sets his face upon me, he will behold an angelist traveling down his pathway in the name of Jesus. You don't do that. 
Okay. It's uh, it, that can border on witchcraft. Because you don't bend someone's will to like you. You can talk to God that you like someone. That's it. Don't begin to decree and declare. Let the angels of love. Child of God, Cupid is not a Christian angel. If at all is an angel. He's not. He even looks creepy. He's old. He's got a bow and arrow and small wings. He's just no. So don't sit there expecting the angel Cupid. You'll get a spirit. <laughs> God bring back lost lovers. We are never lost in the first place. <laughs> oh, so you all heard that before, right? Just thought I highlight that. I remember. Okay, let me spare you. I will. I'll get back to that. I've seen things. So in your moment of intimacy, as you pray, begin to observe what it has done for you. Hallelujah. You know, one of the th- relationships that you have to develop very seriously this year is that of a servant. You need to. And you people understand that uh, service is one of my favorite things. But before I tell you the direction for this month, maybe you can look at a few scriptures. When we read the Bible in the book of Genesis, chapter number one, when God created us, the intention behind the creation of mankind was to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to replenish it, to subdue it, and to have dominion. Right? And then he told him to tend the garden, to take care of the garden. So it seems that what God had in mind was for a man to work. But since God created a man in his image and likeness, and man is a spirit being, if he's created in the image and likeness of God, then it means he can't function in the earth. He would be a ghost. So what God did was he gave him an earth suit. He took of the earth and formed something and put the man he had formed, he had created into the earth, into the earth suit. Now, This earth suit is a work suit. So I'm basically teaching you today a sermon I'm titled The Work Suit, Your Body. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 5, verse 1. And uh, if we can have it in the NLT, that would be great. The Bible reads, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, in parenthesis, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body. He calls it a tent. Now, what is the purpose of a tent? The purpose of a tent is to live in. That means the tent if the body is referred to as a tent, 
then the tent is really not the person. It means there's someone inside. You are not just your body. There is you on the inside. Because your body is a tent. Somebody say tent. I want you to touch your body and say tent. Other versions call it, you know, temple. Different things. But I'm, I'm calling it a work suit. Because the wisdom that brought about the creation of the body was so that the spirit that would enter the body would use it to fulfill God's instruction to work in the garden. If you've noticed my statuses today, I've been talking a lot about meaning. And what I said was the relevance of human beings is dependent on their responsibility and godly responsibility for that matter. A man who is doing many things but has no godly responsibility, lacks relevance, and therefore has no meaning for existence. Our only meaning for existence is when we find relevance by doing the work of God. If there is no godly work that you are doing, then you are merely existing like stones. And I said that the idea of meaning is, the, is like the idea of thought. That no matter how beautiful and splendid and glorious relish looks, if you taste it and it has no salt, it's tasteless. It may be attractive, but you know it's abhorrent. It's, it's, uh, you're just eating. Imagine you can't enjoy something without salt. You'll just be eating and you're just like, Ugh. You eat, imagine, and it's an indachi wawa and chicken. Nicely done from Matebeto. And there's no salt. How would you enjoy that? It would be so hard to eat. You need a certain dimension of hunger to eat that. Otherwise, if you're just doing fine, you wouldn't necessarily want to eat. For what? That's how meaning is. The essence of all meaning is Jesus. So if a person, no matter how handsome they look, no matter how pretty they look, if they don't have Jesus in their heart, their existence is as meaningless as relish without salt is tasteless. We may be looking at you from afar and saying, wow, she's so pretty, look at how she looks. We've seen, you've seen pretty ladies in magazines. Eh? They've bathed, they're advertising something. Or just at your workplace, or even in class. I remember there was this one time when I was in first year. We were studying for, for points in law school. And we sat down at the, at, the, at the first basement. So we sat down. You know, we didn't go out. We didn't go out bathing. You are in first year, you are making points. Why do you need to bath? So we sat there just with the boys. Just studying and studying and studying and studying. And you know, sometimes if you've been studying for a long time, you've not talked, you don't want to say hi. <laughs> so <laughs> we're sitting there. <laughs> and he's looking at me. I'm working on it. 
So Azuga <laughs> Zaiza. So you know and then there's there's that sister who came. That sister had bathed. She looked magnificent. Magnificent. I wouldn't be surprised if her name was Bathsheba. Bathsheba. And she had this perfume. She wore a nice pink shirt, t-shirt. She had her hair properly done. And you know, she sat among us and the atmosphere shifted. We all looked at each other with the brethren. Yes, we're believers. But <laughs> we can't deny what we have seen. Hallelujah. Very single and arguably free to mingle at the time. But you don't know. <laughs> you can't even say hi because you may change that. So we just felt judged. We just felt judged. Have you ever felt judged by someone's good looks? Where this girl in class in law school, she always looked bathed. It doesn't matter. The class is at seven. She will come neatly, neatly. Not at what? She's always on point. Decimo Pansy. She was just. <laughs> always. From first year to fourth year. Anyways, we are sitting there, walked in. So we're just fidgeting with the brethren, just feeling judged. So you know, it was in the evening, Zesco did its thing. Cut the lights a bit. The insults we heard from that her mouth. Hey! That's when we noticed that she is actually ugly. Because imagine you're married to that kachike. You're married. Everyone looks at the pictures and they're like, ah, I'm very good, guys. But the moment you enter the house, <laughs> she baths you in insults as a man. You just do something. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that people can look so good and they can look so successful but without Christ they are really tasteless. That's why Christians are called the salt of the earth. We're supposed to give meaning to other people around us because the Bible says 17:28 of Acts in him we live, we move, and have our being. I hope I quoted the correct scripture. There is no being and existence apart from Christ. And sometimes I sit down and I wonder, is life worth living without Christ? I would rather not be here. And I mean it. Because I found that there is no meaning except in him. Even these worksuits that were given, these paints, if they cannot be used to serve a Christly purpose, they have no meaning. 
For we know when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, if we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body, listen to this, made for us by God himself, not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing, because these are tents, so you can change from this one and put in like a fresh one. Says, he, he was aware of that body, so he said, ah, this one even gets tired, but we long for that one. There is one which is coming. You see, they saw it with Jesus. He was able, they are discussing like this. They have closed all the doors. Then he passes through the wall. And it's not a ghost they can touch him. Let me tell you something. We human beings were not created to live without bodies. Because for a human being to be found without a body, it is called nakedness. There were angels and other spirit beings who were not created to have bodies. But we ourselves, human beings, we were created to have physical bodies. This is why even when Jesus Christ died, he didn't leave his body in the grave. When Jesus, the person, went to hell and dealt with everything, Jesus, the body, was just praying, don't leave me. He was in the grave. And when Jesus finished with his business in hell, as a spirit, he went through the rock and found his body and said, I'm back. And he wore that suit and they got up. So the Jesus they did not see was the one who walked in. But the one that, that needed help by an angel coming to roll the stone huh, was Jesus who had the body. He had a body. And Jesus has never lost his body. He still has it up to today. And when he resurrected, they thought he was a ghost. He said, I'm not a spirit. Then he said, okay. He loved fish. So he asked, is there any fish to roast? That's what the Bible says. <laughs> then they gave him fish and he roasted and he ate. I guess that's why the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone. It means there has to be fish. <laughs> okay. Forget it. That's not what it means. It says, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. But Jesus loved a good meal. Have you ever read the Bible where they invited him to a Pharisee's house and he refused? <laughs> he even said, me, I ate came eating and drinking. He was eating. John the Baptist is the one who came with fast. <laughs> Jesus says, no. Matter of fact, one day they followed him. And they said, why don't your disciples fast? Like John the Baptist. Jesus was just like, oh, okay. Maybe it's because they see me eat. Because <laughs> Jesus used to eat. Hallelujah. So that same body, even on resurrection, he had it. I don't believe everyone in our generation is going to die. Because the Bible says, by faith, Enoch. It doesn't say, by depth. Meaning he had faith. What are you using your faith for? And let me tell you something. Faith allows you to break into different things that many have failed to break. There are people who, by faith, they will never lack. 
There are people who by faith, they will never sleep without having a dream. Their faith broke them into a dimension. Your faith, I know you are saying, we are all going to die. Fine, given. But what has your faith allowed you to achieve? You. Criticism is not an act of faith. What has your faith allowed you to achieve? Hey, the Bible says, by faith, the elders received a good report. The Bible says, by faith, the, the women received their dead. It took faith. It says, by faith, some shut the mouth of lions. It says, the Bible actually says, some died in faith, refusing to live, but hoped for a better resurrection. Even if you are going to die, that's fine. Die by faith. Don't lose your faith when you start saying, hey, where's God? After everything, just die in faith if you are going to die. Better. (laughs) You die in faith. Hallelujah. We grow weary in our bodies. So what I'm trying to tell you is, these are bodies. For a human being, he was created to have a body, so the body is important. You need your body as a human being. So I take care of it. See? Because this earth was meant for human beings with bodies. That's why we cast out demons. Do you know even people who do some exorcism can kick out a few demons here and there. Even those who do weak deliverance, ask the sons of Scaphe. The Bible says they went about casting out demons and they were saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, that means with a few weak ones they managed to get away with it. They ran away. They said, oh, you mentioned Jesus. They left. Till they mentioned a dimension they met a dimension of demonic oppression. Those demons were even about to leave. Then they said, wait. <laughs> Say that again. Hey, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. <laughs> I command you go. Then they said, ah, uh, we know Paul. <laughs> we know Jesus. Nangai went when done. <laughs> then they dealt with them. They will never forget. <laughs> Are you following me? You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Eh? Don't say in the name of Jesus whom my spiritual father preaches. Aye. It can work for you sometimes. But there's a place where your personal intimacy with God has to bring you results. Let's say in the name of Jesus whom Pastor Daniel preaches. What about the one you preach? You. <laughs> My father, my father. Okay, that's good for a certain level. But another place has to come. Uh Why you stay in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As you speak, you know him. You know him. You know, one time I heard the voice of Jesus. The Lord took me to heaven. And I heard particularly the voice of Jesus. And I felt like I'd always known him. I know this voice. I know him. It didn't feel like a stranger, like, oh, Jesus. There's obviously that awe. But when I heard that voice, I knew it. It didn't sound strange. When you meet Jesus, all of you, he will not be a stranger to you because he's always talking through and to you. And let me tell you, one of the best things that Jesus loves, Jesus loves it, especially when your thoughts become his thoughts. Not just when you're saying, I hate the Lord. That's good. 
that now when you don't even know whether it's you or it's God. Because it means you've grown into a oneness. And the time is coming and now it has. Where when you are living and you are walking, <laughs> there's no room for error because Jesus is walking. I remember there was one time when we had, uh, who remembers we had a meeting, uh, a discipleship class. And when we had that discipleship class, there was a guy who was just looking terrified and in shock. He sat in a corner. Then I was talking to the other disciples and I said, ah, the way you're looking, you want to be a pastor. Then he was shaking feather. Then he said, I had a dream. In that dream, we were in this class and I decided to sit there because in that dream, that's where I sat. And then you were dressed exactly the way you were dressed, even in my dream. And then I was waiting for this part where you asked me, do you want to be a pastor? I had no clue. I didn't think I need to wear this because I hate it in the dimensions of the spirit. <laughs> Nothing. I didn't sit where I sat. Him, at least he hated it. Me, I was just doing things. Why? Where you've walked in, Jesus has walked in. What can't happen to Jesus can't happen to you. Because when the demons look, they can't tell a difference. It's not that Benson. That's not a result of, oh, because I'm God as a prophet. No. It's your walk with God. Enoch was walking with God like this, as they used to. Then as they walked, they ah, were in heaven. They, oh, yeah. Ah, I didn't tell you. <laughs> That's God. Says, ah, since I'm already here, there's no need. Says, okay, okay. Ah, but what will happen now? They will be fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible says, as we walk with him, we become one with him. It says, And the blood of Jesus cleanseth us from all sin. It's hard to live in sin when we begin to walk with God. It's hard. You know, sin, sometimes sin, is, a is as a result of a lack of consciousness and faith in God. That's why the Bible says whatever is not done in faith is. Because faith is the conviction of the reality of God. So if you are walking, you are convinced that God is watching you. You won't lie. But if you are suddenly aware that God is not watching, and you can check like this and check like this, oh, oh. At that point, you lacked faith, so you walked in sin. Okay, our earthly bodies. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be, listen to this, we will not be spirits without bodies. We were not created to be. Let me tell you something. Some of you are excited to go to heaven, and that's beautiful. We all want to go to heaven, and you should. If the Lord delays and he decides to take you. But a human being was not created to live in heaven. The Bible says the heaven, even the highest of heavens, belong to God. But the earth he has given to the sons of Adam. As we were meant to be here in the first place. But, you know, So now, we, people die and go to heaven. So, before you go up there, Make sure that the purpose for which you are given your earth suit is accomplished. What keeps your spirit on the earth is your body. 
This is why, as a by the way, take care of your body. You can't just finish fasting just because you're feeling. You're just from fasting for one week. If you don't know, forget that. Take care of your body. You damage your stomach. But you are eating. This carpenter, ah, wait, has got stones. It's, ah, it's, especially people who are in school. People who are in school in learning institutions. They are the one. Ayakazwangi agrudus. Students can eat. Ah! I was one. I know what I'm talking about, but don't judge me. But, no, students. I. Ziga Zavana. You will lose your body. And if you lose your body, you are done. You have to check out because you are a spirit. You are not meant to be here. And what the, the reason why I was telling you is that even people who do a bit of exorcism and deliverance at a low level, they still get away because spirits know that they are normally here illegally. This is why altars are instituted. Huh? The purpose of an altar is to give a spirit permission to function on the earth. And spiritual substances which don't belong here. They give them permission, legal license. You need, if you, if you have a foreigner in a country, you need to go through immigration and you need to get papers. And that's what orders are their papers. It's a license. I don't know if you got a, a, a study permit, but when they catch you, you have to show that I have permission. So spirits say, no, I've got permission. The father used to be a witch doctor. So that father gave me the papers to be in this life and I'm not leaving. Because unless you take me back and you tell that man to chase me, who is dead already? So the, that's why sometimes they are stubborn. But what God gave us is spiritual authority. And you don't ask them to leave. You drive them out because they are rebellious beings. But I'm not, I will not get to that part. Hallelujah. So this is why when you, leave, when you lose your body, immediately you check out. You, you get out of your tent. And now, the rules that apply to you are different. You are a spirit being. You don't belong to the earth realm. The earth realm belongs to beings with bodies. So you have to go up. Or <laughs> fill in the blanks. So the Bible says, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not, what, it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that cloth us. He's calling the body the cloth. This body is your cloth. If you take out this body, it means you are naked. That's also what is called nakedness in the spirit. A human being without a body, so they have to go to heaven because at least there they were given a place to stay. But human beings, when they die, you don't just say, I'm, I'm not going to hell. I'll just be skitting around. You go to shop right as a ghost. Do we? Those movies you watch. <laughs> On what? At the castle? Whatever. So, he's a ghost. He's cool. He's even having crushes on people. He's like, they are lying to you. Once you die, you go up or down. You go where you belong. And some people, you know, some people, some people want to go to heaven, but they live like they want to go to hell. It doesn't work like that. You've been denying God your whole entire life. You say, no, I've never denied God. Your whole life is a spelling of denial. Whatever, what you do is not to God. No. Some, 
someone comes to church in the house of God, ah, that service was too long. Huh? Hey. Hmm. Hey. It's because your relationship with God is too short. Not that the service was long. Yes. How come you're able to sit in class the whole day? Listen to you. It's different. Hey, that's why you have a different experience in the next life. No, you think you can just be skidding everywhere, entering clubs and entering what? Entering people's lives, coming out, doing things. Then you think you are denying God your whole life. Then you just expect him to just accept you when you go to heaven. No. So that you can say, can't I? No. You go where you belong. You see. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you deny God here. He will deny you there. And you go your rightful place. No, because they had an experience where someone wanted to bring sin in, in heaven. So they said, ah, these people who have a sin consciousness, one day in heaven, you have a craving to go to a club. You bring rebellion there. <laughs> so if your mind is already not renewed, you don't belong there. And some people say, I feel like hell is just going to be like a club. It's going to be going down. Ah! <laughs> Aguenzos Havana. <laughs> you testify. <laughs> ah! hmm. Okay. So the time to repent is here. Mm. Okay. New bodies. God himself has prepared us for this. And listen to this. This is what I wanted to tell you. It says, God himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. God has prepared for us a new body that will wear, that will be able to go through wars, that will be able to transcend time. And he says, as a guarantee, as a, you know what a guarantee is? A down payment. Let me explain what a down payment is. It's like, you know, you've sold me something and I'm supposed to buy at a specific amount of money, right? But what I do, maybe I'm supposed to buy at uh, let's say 100,000 kwacha. And I say, I really want this property. You need to sell me this property. Then you say, okay, no problem. You can pay in two installments. The first installment is going to be 60%. Then you can do the 40. The Holy Spirit is the 60% that will have that body. So this Holy Spirit that you've received is a guarantee. The Holy Spirit is a down payment. So we've been, we've received like 60% that we will have the full thing. You can see it. The Holy Spirit is a down payment. That's what he's trying to say. So in other words, the Holy Spirit gives us an experience of the full thing. This is why sometimes in your dream, you travel to places that you've never been to. And let me tell you some things that are going to start happening. You will sleep like this. Mm. Are you ready? Mm. You will sleep like this, then someone will tell you, I had this dream. I was preaching in Soweto. Then you'll be walking in Soweto one week. You'll be, you'll be buying something. Then someone will say, ah, you know, I, I didn't get your number last week when you came. Then you're like, mm, I didn't come. Say, no, you're the one who was giving these flyers. <laughs> you are not alone. You have an entire Holy Spirit. Do you know what is capable of doing with your body? The Holy Spirit can use anything to do anything. He used a worm to frustrate an entire prophet. Okay. Ask Jonah. He will tell you. (laughs) 
The Holy Spirit, you know who the Holy Spirit is? He took God the Word, reduced him into a baby and put him in the stomach of a teenager. An entire God the Word, Holy Spirit. <laughs> God came upon him, swept the creator of the heaven and the earth, <laughs> reduced him into a baby, put him in the stomach of a, a virgin teenager. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. You're just putting a dove. Oh, that's beautiful. But you need to know. That's beautiful. But you need to know that the Holy Spirit is God. Jesus called him, My Father that liveth in me, he doeth the work. He's your Father. Hallelujah. So that Holy Spirit we have as a guarantee. This is how come Philip was able to be translated from one place it disappeared and it appeared into another place. It's a foretest of when we receive that full life. It says the Holy Spirit is a down payment. He's a guarantee. That means he begins to give us a foretest of that full life when it comes. Hallelujah. And some, sometimes, sometimes you just sit with a person like this and they just feel healed. It's a foretest of a life to come. But now imagine when you put on that body. This is why, listen, this is why a resurrection is very important. Because our bodies will be given back to us. Someone says, what if you are super rotten? <laughs> you can sit. What if you are super rotten? God knows how to deal with you. What if they bent you and they toured you, they pounded you and they put you in a caboto and they sprinkled your ashes across the sea. Remember Ezekiel 37. <clears throat> there were many dead <clears throat> soldiers. It was an army. They were dead. And they were just bones. And it says they were dry. It says they were dry indeed. That means the bones were dry indeed. That means there was no flesh. But every day, Every DNA, all the particles, they know, they know to which body they belong. When they hear that trumpet, the creative power of God will go in force. And some of us will begin seeing a vision of the recreation of Adam. Because bodies will be coming together. And people will be getting into their bodies and they will be fresh. There will be a translation. You will not even think, huh? This person died 100 years ago. They will get up in their bodies. Hallelujah. That's what the resurrection will be about. The Bible says, and those who died, there are some people already experienced rapture because the Bible says, when he died, the graves shook and many holy men were seen coming out of the graves. They were coming out of the graves. They were not spirit. That's, the Bible says, the holy men, that was one of the first resurrections. They were coming out of the graves. The Bible says, David was old and he died and he rested with his fathers. But then you can just imagine when Jesus Christ died and he got up from the dead, suddenly David rose up. He could have been behind the garden. There's a kid playing. And suddenly he just sees this glorious man. And when that kid looks at him, he says, David. Because when you are looking at a spirit, there's information that is transferred without being taught. Because it's a realm of the spirit. And he said, yes, I am David. And you can imagine, Jeremiah, he got up, he liked crying a lot. Obviously, he shouted, Ah! 
This time he was there. He had a glorified body and he zapped and he found himself in Jerusalem. The Bible says holy men were seen coming out of their graves. And I remember when the Lord took me into a dream. I saw a grave opening. It was an old gray tomb and there was a noise because the earth was quaking and it was shaking. And it opened. And people were running. They were scampering helter skelter. And there was joy for those who believed in God. And there was turmoil. And there were tears for those who did not believe. There was everything was going. Things were just happening. And they came out of their graves. I saw, I saw the body. It was just something was coming out. And I know God was recreating. And you see, you see these people, some of them were old when they died. But when you look at them, they look full of years, yet very young at the same time. It's just a glorious. You don't want to miss out. Modi, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> if you don't find me, check. You may not be there. <laughs> you can't. What? Because somebody took your man. You're even bitter. You are just bitter. You even go to hell on Edward. No need. Because you, you wanted to sleep with someone so much, five minutes. Boom. You lost your horse, your eternity because you wanted to marry. No, they told me when I sleep with him, he can't leave me. Ale Poafie. I've not met one at no because I need to get pregnant for him, then you not leave me or when I sleep with him. That's when if you have a duad, Ale Although if he's even a believer, you can blame you from taking him away from his relationship with God. Because now it will hit him that ah, that, that man made me fornicate. Hmm? And then the pastor will say, break up. Then they will agree. <laughs> you can see, it. let me conclude this thing. So what I wanted to show you was this, actually. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Yes, we are fully confident and would rather be away from these earthly bodies. For then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God. For we must all stand before Christ and be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. This earthly body is also taking account of everything that you do. Your, your body. Huh? It's writing, it's taking down notes. You think you are alone. You are with your body because that body is your is a tent. You live there. It, even that body is not yours. Huh? Do you realize the body is not yours? That's why the Bible says, whoever commits sexual sin, sins against his body. That means your, your body is offended at you. And you're thinking, no, I, I, okay. Your, your own body is offended at you. Because it says, we will receive a reward or a punishment based on what we have done in our bodies. And verse 11 says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. 
Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Listen to this. Either way, it's Christ's love that controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. This is the part I want you to listen to. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Christ's life, according to Isaiah, was cut short. Imagine if Jesus decided to live, how long he would have lived. But he cut his life short. That means you are supposed to continue that life. Because there was an exchange. Your life was the one that was supposed to have been cut short. But he made his life be cut short. So that you can continue his life whilst he takes your life away from you. Your old life is taken away. So that his life may... Someone Oh, find a life. You really don't have a life of your own. Say, so I believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, <laughs> you say, so no, I want to first pay attention to school so that I do. I, I, if you are in Grena Satana, Satana, Isaiah 14, I will be like the most high. I will lift my throne. I will walk among the fiery stones. I will, I, 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 I. That I syndrome is what made Lucifer fall from heaven. As a bond servant, you ask your master, now that we have this marriage, what do you want me to do with it? Now that I have this house, now that I have this cash, now that I am in 2022, what do you want? So for me, what I want to do, I, your life is not yours. This work suit you are given was so that you can live the life of another. It's a work suit. But you came here and you were carried away by bread and butter and school, muffins and cupcakes and dress coats. And you want to study hard so that you can get a job, so that you can get a, a good job, and then get married, and then make money, and then grow old and die. What have you achieved? <sighs> Life without Christ has no meaning. It doesn't matter how much you make it. Okay, I'm done. No, don't clap. I need to read last scripture. In case you clap me out of. You know that thing people do for clapping for you so that you leave the stage. <laughs> First Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 10. The Bible says, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Let me spare you from First Peter. Let me just read the last one. Uh, Revelation. Nakula kutotela welesa Nakula kutotela welesa wandi Nakula kutotela welesa Nakula kutotela welesa wandi Nakula luma nyeshi na yobe Uluchelo akasuba ichungulo no ushiku lesa ube 
Revelation chapter 14. <laughs> you know, actually, this is what I really wanted to show you the whole time. Mm. Today, I attended a funeral. And at that point, it hit me. <laughs> Chapter 14, verse 18, the Bible says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. So, if anyone has to be blessed in their death, they have to die in the Lord. Because they're sanctifying the dead as well. We know, we know I told you. <laughs> I was a, was a mighty man. He used to flow in doing the wrong things. And people are saying, no, he was a good man. Fine, that helps everyone. <laughs> but to be blessed is to die in the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says, yes, says the Holy Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. In other words, according to the Spirit, the only reason he was born and he has died is so that he can rest from his labors. But if there are no labors to rest from, then your death will not be enjoyable. That's why the Bible says, it, the death of a saint is pleasing to God. Can you imagine? The Bible actually says, the death of a saint is pleasing to God. Because he knows they are going to a better place. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. He says, to die is gain. Can you imagine? The reason why Satan wants people to die is not for them when they are believers. Is to affect those around them. Because for they themselves, for that person himself or herself, they are going to a, they have gained. But for us, we've lost. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? But your labors have to follow you. Why? Because you are resting from your labors. That's why you are given your work suit. So that you can labor. And when you are done, us who work every day in the morning, we know that when we are going home, we are going to rest. From work, going home, is to rest. Rest from what? From our labors. What, what labors do you have? You are waiting first. I'm concluding. You know, there are people who believe, ah, maybe when I turn 20, I'll just wake up, I'll be serious. So they just feel like, eh? one day, speaking in tongues. I got to say. You don't speak in tongues the whole time. Then you, one day, it doesn't work like that. You are not a cat with nine lives. You have one. Hmm? The moment you learn about God, you run with it for the rest of your life. You, we have no time to waste. And at this point, it's not even about necessarily just what we want from God. When God told me it's going to be the year of harvest, the first challenge he gave me is, when, when we were here shouting, eh, 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 we are going to so reap where we, we didn't sow. What God asked me is, can you cause another person to reap from you what they never sought? You. Not just looking for where you are going to sow. Ding, 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 ding. Just waiting. Ready to bounce. You. Can you cause a brother or a sister to reap a harvest? Not like a seedling. Can you cause your brother to reap a harvest? The, one of the best ways to see harvest is to watch your friend enjoy then you have an opportunity to see it. I'm going to give you an assignment. Make someone reap where they didn't sow. 
Don't just be there saying, oh, oh, I am weeping. No. Make someone reap where they didn't sow. It could, be, it could be in salvation. When you see someone get saved, the joy of salvation. I've seen people delivered. Delivered from oppression. 